colour in our interiors. We're going to be talking about how colour can affect your mood and have an effect on your health and your well-being. By the end of this episode, you will have enough tidbits to take away to know what colours to put where in your house. And you will also find out, as a bonus, why Polly got a rash off her orange fluffy headboard <laughs> as a kid. Oh, my friend. it's She's in the thick of it. Did you find that after coming back from sort of school holiday madness that when you actually put the kids back in school now you're back into like what a month of work but are you actually feeling more calm and in control of yourself you're always in control yes I mean sweet relief of like the routine but um I've missed that routine yeah but then also you're back at the desk there's no excuses then there's no sort of kids in back so um pros and cons how about you pal what's going down life's pretty good actually we've moved to a new office same building but different we, we needed a bigger studio but we also needed an office for all the boxes and the crap that comes in on the daily mm. and the two together was just not harmonious so I think I've realized over the course of time that I'm a bit of a control freak I've always known that um but I, I am, am shocked. and I like to walk into I like I like things to be just so and actually I really believe that in a studio you need like a creative studio you need you need a clear head you need clear space you need no clutter I don't like to see boxes and things piled up everywhere Mm. and the team were thrilled about it they love it I think we all love it so one room is full of boxes and crap and the other is like our lovely design studio that's I'm so happy I love it I think there's a bit of a move of people wanting to go back to offices so creating a beautiful work environment I think is so important now. I think it's just, I think people are wanting to go back to office spaces. I think after COVID, everyone was so loving being at home and I think they didn't really want to go back to the office. But I think it's now a boss's responsibility to try and make the office for their employees a nice place to go. So any bosses listening, sort your shit out and tidy up your office because your employees matter. All right, well, let's, let's dive right in. Okay. Speaking of offices, let's go for office. Okay. Are there typical colours you use in offices? As in, if so let's say in offices you want to concentrate, mm-hmm. uh, be focused, maybe be inspired. You probably don't want it to be hectic. So do you have a general rule for colours that work or does it vary depending on your profession? Well, it, it varies depending on your profession. It varies depending on how many windows you might have and the positioning in the house. It might vary as well on how much you use the office. If it's a small home office and you're popping in there just to write some emails, you can have some fun with it. You can put some wallpaper and go a bit moody. But if it's actually an office that you're going to be working in every day, you need to go light, really. You need to, you need to, it's somewhere that you need to feel, like I said, think about when you walk into a room, how it makes you feel. Now, with colour, if you were to paint that room, say, red, now, let's start with red. Red's a good place to start because it's a primary colour and it's, you know, usually top of the pack. How do you feel about red? I wouldn't use it on a... Um, so here, let's... let's. Okay, red is a fiery colour. It's a really deep, strong colour that evokes passion and it's very intense. 
So therefore, you don't really want to use it all over the room, but you can bring it into cushions and artwork, for instance. So I would tend to use it as an accent colour as opposed to everywhere. However, it depends if you're adding a hue or a, a tone or you're bringing a tone down because then you might want to use it, say, in a dining room. Red is a great colour for hunger. It evokes hunger. And I think I briefly spoke about this before in a previous episode mm. when I talked about McDonald's. Yes. And the colour of the famous arches. McDonald's logo is red and yellow and red evokes hunger but yellow is a happy color it's a it's a positive happy color but it's also a color that agitates so it can actually agitate you which is why if you think about those two colors together and they're all over the walls in mcdonald's you walk in makes you feel hungry without even realizing it your brain is going hunger 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 like you weren't already hungry when you walked into mcdonald's but you might end up getting a bit more you might think you know i might get those skinny fries too might get that double cheeseburger and then the yellow is like, well, I've got my burger, I'm getting out of here because I feel a bit like, oh, I don't like this bright yellow colour. A lot of people, I think, think yellow is a sort of sunny, happy... It is. No, it generally is a really sunny, happy, fun colour. But because you've got on the colour wheel, you've got the spectrum of colours. You've got, you go from being primary, which is like a bright yellow, strong, all the hue, bright yellow. And then as you sort of start to tone it down, it becomes softer and warmer and more livable. So then you can use it almost anywhere really but if you're going to go with that big bold punchy yellow then it can actually agitate it's it will it will actually start if you i mean scientifically they put people in rooms that are painted bright yellow and then a room that are painted dark blue and rooms that are painted red and then they ask them questions on how did that make you feel you've just been sitting in that room for an hour how do you feel and they did it with hundreds of people have you heard this about um how they paint I think it's prisons, prisons, jails. I don't know. The inside of like uh, drunk, bo- drunk bunks, mm-hmm. uh, a, like a bubblegum pink. Yes. And it calms, calms them down. Yeah. But if you leave them in there too long, it gets them angry again. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Well, it's the same with usually hospital wards are painted a very light blue or a very light green. And the reason being is that those are clinical, clean colours. So they're thought to be fresh. Like minty. They make you think, so green is a good colour for, for instance, bathrooms because they it makes you feel think of nature which makes you feel clean which makes you feel fresh so it's all of these like really scientific it's but so therefore the way you use color in your interiors is mind-blowing what 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 you can do but um let's go back to the office then let's go back to the office back to the office don't do it red Unless you want a sexy office. You want, you, you want a sexy said- office. Red is red is the sexiest colour in the spectrum. That's the reason, you know, the red light, right, the red light district is, is red. It's a sexy colour. Sexy, sexy. But you wouldn't want to be around it too long. It's a it's a it's an uncomfortable colour. It's a it's a yeah. It's so a, offices you want bright, airy, light. Yes, but home offices, if you're not going to use them a lot, you could go like dark blue. Dark blue is the number one colour of concentration. Blue is a concentration colour. So great for invoking intelligence and thought and conversation. Blue is a really good colour. But then you start to tone it down and it starts to get more light blue. And then it becomes a colour that you can use anywhere, really. But it's still on the cool spectrum. So it still has a feeling of, you know, it's a cold colour. You don't tend to use it in, don't tend to use it in, say, for instance, kitchens, blue. I know loads of people do, but it's actually not a good colour for kitchens. Makes you eat a lot. Blue is a colour also that makes you 
eat a lot. They should put that in McDonald's. So, fine. They should put it at the door. (laughs) Just at the door. When you go past McDonald's, put some blue shades on. (laughs) Oh, no, that would make you go in. No, hold on. It's going to make you eat. What am I talking about? I don't know. I don't know anything about (laughs) colour. Fuck do I know? So, home office, yeah. um, where it's more about dealing with home stuff, you can have a bit of fun, go a bit darker, patterns, wallpapers. But if you are one of the hundreds of thousands of us that now work at home as a result of a pandemic, uh, or flexible working, then go lighter. I would go, if it's a home office, and you're going to be in there a lot, you want to position your desk, if you can, by a window, so you're looking out. Go with a nice warm, a warm white... Um, nice big black framed picture frames and you put plants in there, put green plants. Was that your tummy? Yes, it was. It was, wasn't it? Was that bagel not enough? had that bagel. That bagel wasn't enough. That was hear? my tummy. A little birdie just told me that apparently the reason the red light district is red is for other reasons of when we think of sexual behaviour. It's actually because the red light covers up nasty red rashes. Oh, I could do with that. That's fucking out, Paul. That's a joke. That's a joke. Too late. It's out. It's out in the open. I heard it. Everyone else heard it. Did you all hear that? Oh, I couldn't. Polly got a rash. I have no rashes. Polly got a rash. She's rash free. Polly's got a rash. But it was a good joke. Sorry, mum. No. 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 Too far. Ain't no red light needed here, lady. I know what I'm buying you for Christmas. Come on, I couldn't resist that. Um, Anyway, apparently that's why. Apparently the red light back in the day was used to disguise the red rashes that people had, which actually, should we take a break? That's disgusting. I mean, you don't want want to scare off the punters with your nasty rash. No, no. you want to disguise it because you want to keep the money coming in. Oh, yeah, get that red film out. Ramp up that red light. I got it bad today. The rash is raging. Do we have a red light in here? The red. The red. Right, okay. Moving on from the red. Where were we? Is there a podcast award? Because we're going to get it for talking about covering up syphilis rashes with red light. Why is it syphilis? I don't know what that one does. Do you get a rash with syphilis? I've never had it. Is that the one that turns you crazy? I don't know. I know that crabs actually, that is so fucking disgusting. Are we actually going down this route? (laughs) Yeah. I think we should stop. We, we've covered offices. Now let's get into some of the rooms, which everyone has. Mm. Should we go kitchen? On kitchen, when it comes to colours, it's obviously you've got your kitchen itself, and then you've got the walls around it. Mm. And the kitchen, you can go for it with an accent colour. Most people do. Accent. I mean, kitchens as well. It's, I feel like it's, I think sadly, kitchens are, they kind of do go through a bit of a trend. I was going to ask you about this. Mm. Because. The whole kitchen trend. Uh much like velvet sofas and the colours of uh what maybe five years ago ten years ago I don't know everyone had a dark blue kitchen yeah right so do you have any advice about should you steer clear from bold colours because you're going to tire them or they're going to go out of fashion well no funny I don't know why I'm not sure why this is and there's probably a much deeper level of psychology in this conversation that I'm not clever enough for but dark blue for some reason doesn't stick around as a colour. It's much more of a trend colour than green. I, th- I I think probably it's probably got something to do with the fact that it isn't nature. People like to be close to nature, the feeling that you get when you're at, in nature and nature is predominantly green. We think of nature, we think of green. 
So for some reason, green in a kitchen is just a great colour. It never really goes out of fashion. It never really dates. There are always different elements, different hues of green. So the dark green, classic dark green kitchen, I don't feel really is ever going to date. Now there is a, there is a, a lean towards this sort of quite minty green coming into kitchens, the trend. But again, I think because it's a bit playful, I think it might be of, of the moment colour. And then I think it will sort of tone back down again. The colours that don't ever really date are the ones that are kind of sort of quite muted. So where you've got like a green or a neutral oatmeal's off-whites, they tend to be quite safe. So if you take inspiration from nature, you're probably going to have a relatively timeless look. And I think we're all moving towards more sustainable design and not changing things constantly. So knowing what sensible colours you should choose, which are not... I am a real colour magpie when it comes to things inside... And I, I can easily follow a trend and it's it's important not to because I don't want to replace things. I don't want. And I think trying to figure out what colours aren't going to date that you're not going to go off, which is something you as a designer are amazing at. But I think it would be really useful to understand those principles of are there colours to avoid if you don't want to go off them? This is why the tie between the inside and outside, I think, is so relevant, because what you're putting in your interiors tends to be something you're investing in that's going to be around for a long time. Mm. Whereas exteriors, your plants are less expensive and seasonal. So you can actually have fun, a lot more fun, I think, in your garden. And actually, it's why I think people do experiment more with colour in a garden, because you can say, you might plant a a plant one year and this comes out and you think, oh, I'm not so sure about that red. I wouldn't do that tulip next year or whatever it is. Whereas inside, you've invested in your cushion covers. That's a lot of money and you know, you're not going to go sort of hopefully not get rid of a cushion cover. But if you go with something that's of the moment and it's a bit of a trend, the likelihood is it's not going to look great in your interior unless you've planned the whole room around it. You're better off going with a sort of timeless, uh, for me as well, I'm I'm more and more and more, and I think more people are leaning towards sustainability and what you can reuse, repurpose, you know, recycle. And I don't, I really don't encourage just buying things for the sake of it because it's of the moment. And therefore, you've got to be really careful with colour trends that you're not just buying something because it's of the moment. However, if you're a colourful person that loves colourful, bright interiors and you've already got at least three bright colours in your interior, you can actually introduce lots of other colours. You've just got to make sure that there's a sort of a thread that goes through those colours, which, again, if you were to look on a colour wheel, tends to sit together nicely so you wouldn't put like a terracotta red next to say a I don't know yellow is a bad example a bright green a bright green I'm talking like a sort of Christmas vibes that's not going to work together but then if you tone that green down and you go olive green with a terracotta match made in heaven so it's again it's because they're on the same color spectrum you see so it's that's all yeah that's quite important but can we actually fire out into the garden because Onto that, I would like to hear your thoughts on colour in the garden because I'm amazed at how, since moving into my own home, how much more fun I'm having in the garden with colour. Mm. And is there a particular colour scheme that you follow in the garden that you particularly love? I know the answer because I think it's purple, white and green is your fave. Is it's that true? Not. Is it not? No, it's my client's fave. Oh, well, okay, this is, this, do you mind if I ask you this? Because I, I, oh, I don't want to offend anyone. I, when I, before I had a garden of my own, I would always look at colours like gardens and I would look at green, white and purple as a really nice colour scheme. It's a really, but I would say it's safe. 
It's not that it's safe, my friend. I think people make a massive mistake with colour in the garden in that I will often meet clients and they will tell me the scheme. And it's often the Wimbledon colours. They want green, white and purple. Mm. But that's only suitable for a snapshot of a season. And people think about their gardens as in what they're going to look like in late May, early June. And at that time of year, the colours of abundance are green, white and purple. So, and that's why often you'll see Chelsea Flower Show quite similar colours coming up. It's because those are the tones in flower then. But as you move towards late summer, it's hotter colours tend to, to come out. So your hot pinks from, say, you know, beautiful echinacea, or you get bright yellows, bright oranges, those hottest colours come in in late summer. So actually, when you're thinking about colour in your garden, it's not about just choosing three. You're actually choosing colours per season. Mm. So as you said about the red tulips, with spring bulbs come in such an abundance of colours that you can choose as many as you want. But I will always try and do either an analogous scheme, which means that the colours all sit next to each other on the colour wheel. So maybe it's pinks and purples together, which looks stunning, with maybe a really deep maroon. It's it's beautiful. You need that depth, as you Mm -hmm. do in the house as well. Or you can go with complementary, and that's... It's a little braver. A lot of people shy away from that. But where you're going with maybe purples and then a big old pop of orange. Mm. People cringe at orange, but actually... If you are judicious with how much, don't use too much, then it's that counterpoint of the orange with the purple. Colours that probably make you shudder indoors Mm. are really bold choices outdoors and can really elevate a scheme. So you need, we've talked about the back to basics, you have to have seasonal colour schemes in a garden. You can't just go, I want everything purple and green because your garden will be boring and colourless for quite a lot of the year. Yeah. So you actually you divide it up to winter, early spring, late spring, early summer, late summer, autumn, because in autumn we want you having all those blazes of orange and yellow and red, which people cringe about in a flower, but love in a leaf. Mm, and then the winter looks beautiful Yeah. because everything around it is almost like not died, but it's subdued and it stands out against the sort of darker skies and Exactly so. And yeah. winter is much harder for colour. You're mostly going to have evergreens for obvious reasons. Mm. But you can use things like cornice, so dogwoods, which are the plants that if you're not familiar with, are just they're kind of a green lump in the summer, but then they shed their leaves and they are like neon orange, neon red, neon yellow twigs. And they look incredible with silver birches. But they're something you wouldn't look twice at in the summer, but suddenly you've got this electric winter garden. So it's really worth carving up your colours. So what's really interesting about how you work is your your colour is kind of perpetual in the house. You have to choose your scheme and stick to it. Mm. You you can change certain parts of it. Whereas in the garden, if you don't plan per season, it's not going to work. Yeah, I think if you're, it's probably the same. I think if you're planning a project from the start, you can probably be much more experimental with colour from the start because you're starting from scratch so you can say, oh, I know all of these colours and you, we can start to put them on a board and play around with those colours and bring them in in different ways. But I think if you've already got a scheme and then you go, you're in you know, a shop and you go, oh my God, I love that cushion. You buy it, you get it home. Likely it is, it's probably not going to work unless you really understand what other things you've got going on. Actually, I mean, mm. Sometimes inheriting a garden is a bit like you having to deal with someone's favourite sofa mm. in a particular colour. So you might move into a garden and say it has 
loads of those very bright pink hydrangeas. You know, the really bright ones, which are arguably some people think a bit granny-ish to each their own. Suddenly you're like, right, well, I've got a very bold pink here. So you could either look to complement it and work with it or work against it. I've got those outside the front door. Interestingly, I really love them. They've grown, I bought them as a really small plant when we moved in. I put these in these black barrels and they've just taken off and they're suddenly absolutely huge. And they, I love them when I walk through the front door. But would I bring that colour indoors? Not in hell. It's so funny. Well, I'd like to see you bring purple indoors as well. I mean, I... No, purple's a... And outside, it's a joy. It's a lively colour, purple. It's a lively colour, hard one to use. And I think I touched on this on a previous episode where we used it in a downstairs loo and we did it in lacquer. So it was lacquered and it really came to life and it was fun because it's a downstairs loo. If you can't have fun in a downstairs loo, where can you? So that was playful, fun, fun place to do it. But would I put purple anywhere else? Would I paint the kitchen purple? No, I can't think of anywhere else I'd probably put it apart from a kid's room. Can we dive into colours can we just go through one by one on the colours and I want to understand good rooms for them to be in Mm. like how they're going to make me feel yeah yeah let's do it okay uh oh oh it's like choose a colour pick a colour pick a colour any colour well can we start with blue let's let's start with blue let's delve back into blue where might where do I want to use blue how's it going to make me feel do you know that blue is was voted the people's favourite colour a tone of the blue will very much determine where you can use it and how you can use it and how it makes you feel how does it make you feel well, it, again, it's a colour that invokes conversation. It's thought-provoking and it, it invokes intelligence and concentration. So great colour for dining rooms because you're having conversation. And But again, you don't need to bring blue in in like a whole big, bold colour of blue. You can bring it in in wallpaper or you can bring it in, you know, in, in accent colours in artwork or, you know, cushions or rugs or curtains or whatever it is fabrics okay what about its complementary friend let's go to orange oh orange is vitality so it's vitality and it's also again it's another one that's really good for concentration so orange is like thinking concentration you know it's a it's a fun color but it's probably one of the most uncomfortable colors on the spectrum it doesn't tend to be one that you would use a lot in interiors an accent color sure like a bright orange vanity unit, great. You know, big bowl bit of orange artwork, great. But in an interior, no. Kids' rooms again, sure. But it's good friend terracotta you use a lot, which yes. is like you know. Yeah, again, you're kind of going into the. You're going out from the outside of the spectrum in the wheel, and you're going inwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's all becoming a little more, but more. So it's a, it's got black in there, and it's got a bit of brown, and it's got all these other colours merged in with it. So it's not a true colour. It doesn't have that same feeling. So you're, what you're kind of saying, or what I'm hearing, is actually primary colours tricky to use in interiors and you need to like bleed out. Exactly. Get your secondaries and your tertiaries. Yes. Can I tell you a fun fact about orange? Go on. When I was 11, my entire bedroom was orange, including an orange fluffy headboard. Really? Yeah. An orange fluffy headboard? It was hideous. I mean, it sounds hideous. We need to see a picture. Did your mum keep a picture? I wish she did. It was absolutely appalling i remember my grandmother coming in and she was like oh you know as you know she was trying to be polite because i I designed it i would like to reassure people that my design has moved on do you know what i'm going to talk about this now actually now we're in your kid's bedroom you as a child were you a well-behaved child were you a happy child very good girl happy child yeah or your orange bedroom could have had an impact on that so genuinely so the the bedroom you have to think about this actually on genuinely especially if if there's any doubt that your child might have 
you know, autism, ADHD, any learning disabilities, you really should consider the colour that you're putting on the walls in that kid's room. Oh. Yeah, because it, a room that you're sleeping in, it needs to feel, especially for kids with ADHD, where your their minds are brr, busy, busy, you need to calm it down, you need to tone it down. You want muted, off-whites, very, very, very subdued colours, nothing vibrant, nothing, nothing bright, no, nothing that's going to excite, no yellow, no orange, no bright colours, no primaries. Keep primaries out of kids' bedrooms if you want to invoke calmness. They did a brilliant test where they put kids in a room that was just, it was all just a very subdued white. And then you just had, you know, a couple of toys. Kids played very calmly. As soon as they put the kids in the room that was brightly coloured walls, think Big Brother, mm. it evokes, you know, craziness, madness. That is also scientifically why the Big Brother house is the colour that it is. The Big Brother house is so cleverly designed that's not an awful design mistake those colors all put together that is a very very well considered well designed house manipulative that is manipulative yeah they put all these crazy colors in the big brother house to in like basically make you go a bit mad make you get gossiping talking sometimes feeling sexually stirred up all sorts of different colors going on in there i love this yeah all right fine We've done blue, we've done orange. I feel like we covered red and, and green in, in yeah. some depth prior. What am I missing? Green we did a bit. Mm-hmm. Green's my favourite colour on the spectrum and it's the colour that I always gravitate to. Um, I love I love green. It's, it's, it is nature. It's like everybody loves nature and it just bringing that indoors is always going to feel good. Great colour. Great colour for studies as well. Can Maybe we touch on black? Stuff. Yeah, you can touch on black. Let's touch on black. Because black can be very fashionable, can't it? Well, black, it's classic, but fashionable. It is a sophisticated, elegant, sexy colour. So it's slimming. So you'll feel this a lot. You, you'll probably use this the same in the garden. We spoke about black fences before. Mm. It has no light in it at all. So if you put black in a room, it's going to feel super oppressive. It's almost like you walk in and it's just nothing. However, the black is meant to be the basis for building upon so if you did paint a room black you put white picture frames on the wall and suddenly you've got something super dramatic really cool but you've got to be careful with black because black can also feel quite ghoulish it can feel quite scary it can feel quite oppressive so black is i mean i love black i love wearing black but in an interior it's a risky color a color which i'm not sure if you love or hate i think you love it but then you've got strict rules about it gray so for me gray you're limited to what you can bring in with grey, very limited. Like if you have a grey sofa, quite limited to what you can pair it with, mm. sadly. You can't bring, you can't have anything grey and then bring oatmeal into it or, or any nice beiges, oatmeals. Whereas if you've got oatmeal, you can bring anything into it, any colour you like. Whereas grey tends to be yellows, mm. pinks. And then it all starts to feel a bit like this, you're limited, very limited. How can you tell if the grey-toned colour you're choosing has got the warmth in it that you're advising? Well, so again, when you're looking at colour on a colour chart, colour charts, by the way, paint charts, are designed to help you. They might look really overwhelming, but when you open up your colour fan and you've got your rows and rows and rows and rows and rows of colour, you tend to have at the very bottom the darkest colour of that of the family so it'll go sort of black purple blue green all the way through to sort of yellow and it'll be dark and then it'll go all the way up and it'll get lighter and lighter and lighter and lighter as you go to the top and then it'll sort of have the biggest the highest amount of 
white yeah. within that color so it's designed in a way that you can then follow the line across you can almost take a color from each of the sort of third row up and you know they all go together they all work together beautifully oh, that's a good tip so you can sort of see what works and what doesn't because of the varying hues within that colour. So try and avoid pure greys. Because I'm off try camera, avoid- I was asking you, I need to whip out some carpets in my hopefully new house, mm. which are red, and whack something in short term. And you said grey. Should I get a grey uh, Should carpet? I go grey? Because I thought that was what, the general rule. Again, grey is a cold colour. So grey is on the cold spectrum. So anything that's cold, it, it's harder to match with than anything that's warm and a grey carpet will make you feel a bit Ugh. you know your carpet at the end of the day is your base colour If you're putting something on the wall it's your base colour so the base colour is what's the grounding for the rest of the the entire scheme everything else you're putting in that room is based upon the foundation of the colour that you have around it let's so dive into that base colour because yes. I think if you're starting from scratch some people are some people aren't but if you want to start from scratch and you don't want to get it wrong mm. I think a lot of people would have gone well I'll start with grey but you're saying no what are some safe colours that people can use as their base? So you've said that black is a base. You've yeah. said that oatmeal is a base. What are your bases if you're just like, I just want neutrals that I'll build off. What should people be doing? What colours? You want to go with an, an off-white. An off-white towards the oatmeal. Anything that's white is going to make a room feel bigger. White has the power to make a room feel bigger, wider. As soon as you paint it a darker colour, the walls start coming in. Mm. So you know any again think about it even with artwork if you put artwork on the walls it's going to bring the walls in actually if you don't if you just have white walls it makes the room feel bigger white is a brilliant brilliant color for hallways i feel like i could talk about color until the cows come home i really want to delve more into the garden and color in the garden and there was a nugget of gold that you were talking about earlier when we were talking about those little colors and we only did five minutes on it and i would love to jump into that again perhaps in the next episode and talk more about colour in the garden would that be all right with you Paul that would be all right amazing I'm going to come at you hard with questions you fight you I need to lie down after that so we will start we will have a new episode on colour in the garden next week let's talk about colour in the garden but let's get really deep into it so I think what will be most useful for you all is I'm going to go into colours per season so Mm. some schemes that you can use which are going to give you colour not just in summer when that one's easy let's get into the winter colour let's get into autumn and spring so by the end of that episode you will have a colour scheme per season and actually this is very timely because it is the time of year to be planning your garden I can't wait for that I need that please like subscribe share with your mum and your friends and just for anyone else that loves gardens and interiors thank you so much see you next time 